Welcome to the Coach's Plan podcast, Plan to Coach with Coach New Brunswick. Uh, <laughs> Barry, I haven't even said all the coaching words yet, so give me a second. Uh, a podcast for coaches by coaches brought to you by the Coaching Association of Canada and the National Coaching Certification Program. If you haven't guessed by now, this is a podcast for coaches. Uh, I'm Ashley Mlanny, your Manager of Coaching Education uh, with Coach New Brunswick and Coach Extraordinaire. Today we're joined with a special guest, Barry Morrison. Welcome, Barry. Hello. Thank you for having me. Barry, you want to tell the lovely people at home who you are? Yeah, my name is Barry Morrison. I'm a soccer coach uh, with, and I work for the Fredericton District Soccer Association. I'm also involved with Coach New Brunswick as a master coach developer and part of the NCCP. So uh, yeah, involved with all sorts of different sorts of coaching and and parts of the coaching world. Yeah, Barry is one of our rock star master coach developers. He saves our butt all the time by swooping in at the last minute and saving a course when we needed someone to uh, someone to run it. He we've had him fly across Canada and and help out a lot of other provinces as well, deliver courses and further along the coach uh, education and development of many many coaches across Canada. Also, the unofficial mayor of Fredericton. I've been told. Uh, every time I see you, you're always just chatting with someone or you can't walk 10 meters downtown without running into someone else. So very popular guy in Fredericton. Yeah, we had that experience last night. We were at the, at the night market and and the garrison in downtown Fredericton and my wife and I, and it took us, we were like, Oh, time to go. I've got to go coach in about an hour. And by the time I left, I was almost late for my, (laughs) my soccer practice. So it takes us a while. Yeah, I imagine. Um, so Barry, you're a soccer coach and you've been in the, the coaching system for a long time. Um, I have to imagine you've encountered some conflict in sport in your life. Never. No, um, no yeah. never. Type A people <laughs> don't yeah. exist in sport. Yeah, never on the Everything field, is, is butterflies field, and rainbows. It's, it's yeah, great. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, you know what? I think conflict's a natural part of sport, right? Anytime that you're competing and trying to kind of get the best out of everybody, there's bound to be times where conflict pops up. So it's a real natural thing. And and uh, and it's just part of the things that we have to navigate as we go through sport. Yeah, I think um, one thing is that people get really, really scared of conflict and they, they resist it and they kind of push back. And they would rather kind of skirt around the issue and and let things kind of fester and and boil up rather than dealing things with, with things head on. Um, but I think you said it right. There's uh, um, ultimately something really healthy to conflict in sport and conflict amongst um, people who are highly competitive and trying to achieve a goal. Um, I, one of my uh, code coaches said it really well. Uh, so on our team, we experience conflict all the time amongst our, our coaching staff or our volunteers. But it's usually not an issue of uh, what needs to get done. It's more how it needs to get done. Um, what would you say is the first step when you are encountering a, an issue with either one of your coaches or a volunteer or someone in your organization? Where, where do you think is the best place to start in, in coming to a solution? Yeah, you know what? I'm going to rewind you just a step there. Mm. The first place to start, you know, even before a conflict comes up or before you have any issues, are setting your expectations, right? And so often conflicts arise when we've got different expectations of each other. When I'm expecting you to do A and you're doing B, then it can be very frustrating for me to think, well, why would they do that? That doesn't make any sense. Mm -hmm. But if I've never said I expect A, it's hard for me to really, it's hard for me to really think that you should just know that, right? So, so for me, the very first piece is, is how do we kind of set our expectations and set the tone for things so that we're already ahead of conflict, right? We're already in a position where um, conflict can be controlled and discussed in a healthy manner, right? Right, right. Totally. Coaches meetings at the beginning of the years, athlete, parent, coaches meetings, I think are super, super crucial in in setting the tone for the season and um, 
like you said, uh, the athletes need to know your expectations of their behavior. Uh, they want to know what to expect of you. Um, and the same thing with your, your coaching staff or your volunteers or um, any, anyone else who's kind of working within your organization. I think that's a great place to start. Yeah, yeah so, so that's for me. So, so let's say one tiny problem squeaks past you and, and um, uh, slips through the cracks of your amazing uh, expectations that you said at the beginning of the year. What, what do we do now? Yeah, and let's be clear. Setting expectations doesn't always, doesn't always eliminate conflict. It just it just provides a, a grounding place when conflict does arise, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, I mean, even with set expectations, you can have conflict about those expectations, right? It it, it still <laughs> arises, but it just creates a good grounding spot. Um, so you know, the thing is, is once once you do encounter conflict, you've got decisions to make, right? You first thing you've got to decide is how do you want to approach it? As you are, as you you've already alluded to. So often we avoid conflict, right? Or we ignore conflict. You know what? Sometimes maybe that's the right thing to do. You may be really upset that somebody stole your hurdles for your practice plan and you may want to make a big deal out of it. But you know what? It may not actually be a conflict. You may be able to just let that one slide, right? So it's deciding how to deal with it if you want to deal with it, right? Right. And then I think the next step is, is is you've got to start to think about, well, what's the important outcome for me in this situation? And and the important outcome could be anything. It could be a result outcome, but it could also be a relationship outcome. And if you haven't kind of decided what the most important part of that outcome is, then, then you haven't yet established how to approach that conflict, right? So for example, uh, if you're working with an athlete and you're having challenges with them, uh, maybe it's attendance, something simple, right? And that happens all the time with coaches and athletes. You say, I want you at every practice and every day they call you with a really good reason they're not there. Maybe it's their cousin's birthday party or their, you know, uh, graduation or... or they've got a dentist appointment or they've got yeah, all these yeah, other yeah. things, right? And we all have busy lives. So that, so for some people, when you say, I want you there all the time, they don't connect that these other appointments can be rescheduled or can be not planned within practice. So your expectations set they don't really understand that and you may have to go and correct that, you know? And, you know, in that situation, the first thing you have to understand is, is what do I want my relationship with this athlete to be at the end of this, right? Mm-hmm. And that's going to really be a big part of your approach to the conversation. And some people, you know, I would say like refer to it as going nuclear. Some people will just bomb the whole relationship <laughs> with the athlete to make the point about, whether or not they should be at practice, right? And other people will say, well, no, my relationship with this, ath- with this athlete is really important, but I want them to understand my expectations aren't being met. And depending on what you're after, you're going to change your approach your approach to that conflict, I think. I really like, uh, I really like the way you put that. I think too, uh, too often people charge headfirst and they've got, their, they've got a, a lot of tension and there's a lot of energy in the room and, and too often they, they kind of barge in without thinking about what do I actually want to accomplish in resolving this? Is it, I just want my way and, and that's it? Is Do I want to hear the best options? Do I want to um, just kind of like knock on someone's head and be like, no, 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 this is not the way we do things. Like what, um, yeah, I think that's a that's a great point. Absolutely. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, there's sometimes that, that, that the relationship's not a value, right? You know, mm-hmm. like you may be at an event and, and the officials may have made, may have made a poor decision and you may have to approach that conflict in a more results-oriented way uh way right and you may approach that conflict without the worry of what's my relationship with this individual afterwards right mm-hmm. you may say no i need this wrong righted 
and as a result, my my desire here is the outcome, right? Yep. Um, and then you you would change a little bit of what you do. Gotcha. So once you um, once you go to have that conversation with your athlete or another coach or stuff, what what do you think is the best way to approach if you want to preserve the relationship with with that individual? How do you how do you approach that situation? Yeah. So, and I mean, it all depends with conflicts, right? Like in my job, I work and I oversee dozens of coaches, uh, which means dozens of parents, which means dozens of players, which means lots of different interactions, right? right. And interactions that I don't control uh, as, as tightly as, as, I, as I get to control my own. Um, so oftentimes I, I deal with conflict that's already partially, partially in, in play, you know? Mm-hmm. And for me, like the whole thing is, is very first piece is what are the facts, right? right? So the very, very first thing that you need to understand in a situation is what are the facts? And and this is the, the, the important thing from that is what are the facts that both parties see, right? right. Um, There's always two sides to the story or five sides or as many people, as many sides as there are people in that, in that problem. There are, right? Yeah. And, you know, I, for, as an example, I got an email, uh, woke up yesterday morning, first email of the day, uh, was a coach who had to step in and referee and I won't get into all the details, but they had a conflict with another coach and, you know, you get an email from one and the first step that so many people want to take is, oh, well, let's find out this, let's find the second coach and let's make sure that we, we talk to them about all of these things. And he said, okay, well. Just a second. When we call that second coach, what are the chances they're going to say, well, that's not really what happened. And I don't recall it that way. And we're going to right away between these two coaches have to establish what the facts are. Right. Right. And once we've established those facts and the way that both people perceive the situation, we can kind of pull and pick out and we can say, okay, these are the things that are common between the two experiences Mm -hmm. now where do we go right right so and it's the same thing when you start to deal with a player or a parent you know i feel like you've been missing a lot of practices lately right and they go i feel like i haven't i feel like i'm making a lot of commitment to this team yes so then you say well here's our here's our attendance sheet and as you notice 60 percent of yours say not here so We judge that as a lot. So, yeah, once you establish those facts and once you communicate with them, and sometimes there's a bit of a back and forth on the facts, right? And, you know, in some conflicts, you have to say, look, if we can't agree that this happened, then maybe it's not a fact, right? Right. Um, You know, oftentimes you can agree on on something happening, but not not what that meant, which means that it may not be a, maybe you're not arguing about the facts, but you're arguing about something a little bit about the feelings, right? right? You might be arguing about someone's feelings. You might be arguing about someone's values, right? Right. Values are a really tricky one and and something we run into all the time in youth sport, right? When you think about, when you think about um, parents and the pressures they might put on coaches regarding their athletes or things like that, oftentimes those are value-based discussions, right? Um, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's methods, you know, maybe you're, you're, you're conflicting about methods. You think playing time is earned versus others think playing time is given right. based on paying your registration and showing up. Right? right. How, what are our methods? That could be a values piece too, I suppose, when I, when I say it out loud, but you know, yeah. um, could no. fall into either, right? Yeah, there yeah, there either. might be different things there. Yeah. Right. Okay. That's a good one to think about. Um, have you ever encountered a situation where, uh, after you've gone through this whole process and you established the facts and figured out where where you have common ground and where 
where you start to divide on your on your points of view. Have you ever come to a point where you're like, you know what, this is just this is just too much. It's not worth the effort. There's been too much conflict. Um, have you ever had to uh, tell a volunteer, I'm sorry, but this just isn't working out? Oh, yeah. I mean, that that'll happen at times, certainly. Um, and that can happen through many things. Right. Like I say, every conflict doesn't have to become kind of, you know, the nuclear bomb that blows it up. Right. Right. So in some cases with a coach, maybe there's a conflict and you realize you realize, look, our values don't match up and and not maybe not maybe you two as different people. But maybe the club values and the coach's values. Mm-hmm. And and at that point, it's probably healthier for the coach to move into a new place. But maybe you've got processes that allow that to happen. Maybe it's through selection processes. So, for example, you know, you recognize that your values don't match up. And in the future years, you don't select them or they don't get the assignments that, that maybe they Right. They may they, be looking to wanted. coach a really competitive team, but they're just – they're not – there mentally to coach that team but they want to work with the best athletes but they don't actually want to make the commitment as to what it matters or as to what it costs um and it's all about kind of making that balance and figuring out with them okay this is actually where you probably belong based on what you're able to commit or based on your skills or or number of things um yeah yeah so i mean off like for me oftentimes i look for what i would call kind of methods of natural selection to 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 provide coaches opportunities out, right? right? Because one big thing, like particularly when you're if you're working with coach or if you're working with anybody, you don't want to embarrass anybody, right? right? We're all involved in sport because we love it and we're passionate and we care, right? Very few people are truly ill-meaning, right? Now, their <laughs> values may be different. Their interpretation of what should be done may be totally different than than yours. But they generally don't they generally don't hold ill will, right? They're generally not hoping to provide a bad experience or hoping to uh, to not do a good job, right? They're generally doing the best they have with their tools. So in some cases, you, you kind of allow the, the selection processes or the natural flow of season to season, weed them out. So, you know, you may not get rid of the middle of the season. You may wait till the end of the year, you know? Right. Um, now... Always there's going to be times, not always hopefully, but occasionally there's going to be times where uh, there's been a conflict that's that's at a point that just it's not able to continue, you know? Yep. Um, you may run into situations where there's been a conflict between a coach and an athlete that aren't going to allow both of them to continue to coexist mm-hmm. uh, within that framework or that structure, that team, that group. And you may have to immediately make a decision, right? What, who... How do you make that decision? Who who remains and who? Barry, who I'm goes? gonna I'm gonna ask you a planted question. Um, are, is there any training that Coach MB offers that can help you uh, figure out processes which might make this decision making process easier? Oh, that's not a direct <laughs> question at all. Um, yeah, so there's a, there's a couple of really good. Actually, I would say there's three really good workshops. Uh, that really Barry hosts all of these things. workshops, FYI. If you like listening to him talk, you can take <laughs> courses with him as a leader. Hopefully you don't have to listen to me too much. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll let other people gladly speak. Um, but so obviously making ethical decisions is one of the cornerstone workshops within the NCCP. And that covers not necessarily conflict directly, um, but it's going to cover a lot of the difficult decisions we have to make. And by having quality processes to our own decision-making as coaches, it's going to reduce conflict significantly and going to give us immediate opportunities to explain our process for any decision we make, right? So one, I think that's a really good place to start because oftentimes you make a decision going, 
well, I'm going to do this and then this person's going to be upset. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can't keep everyone happy all the time. But if people see that you've got a process, that helps big time. And, and, and the Making Ethical Decisions module is a really good module for that. Uh, the other module uh, that works really nicely is called Managing Conflict. So <laughs> it's a good follow-up to the Making Ethical Decisions. It's within the competition development stream. Uh, so think about coaches coaching athletes you know, and train to train, train to compete, that sort of area. Um, managing conflict fits in really well there. Uh, and that's going to give you a bunch of tools for how do you first understand the conflict? Um, how do you choose your own style as a, as a coach of dealing with conflict? And what are some of the pluses and minuses of those different styles you might choose? Um, so managing conflict uh, really starts to give you some more tools to understand how to manage things once you've gone through the making of the ethical decision, made the decision, had some sort of follow-up from the decision, you now have a framework in place to kind of help you uh, manage the next stage and communicate with people and parents and, and, uh, and athletes or administrators or other people within your club and organization. Um, so it's a really good one. And then the third one that kind of addresses some of this is the Empower Plus Workshop. So the Empower Plus mm -hmm. Workshop yep. uh, helps to kind of provide some insight really for anybody involved in sport, managers, coaches, parents, on, um, on observing and seeing maltreatment in sport and how to manage and deal with that, right? All from the view that in typical circumstances, as I mentioned earlier, uh, coaches don't intend to be bad or don't intend to treat athletes poorly. It's something they do because it's what they've seen or what their experience has been. So the Empower Plus course really talks about maltreatment in sport, but all from the view that the coaches isn't doing it maliciously, but simply with a need to understand a little bit right. more. Maybe right? misinformed or... Yeah. 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 yeah, and oftentimes you see a coach who may have behaviors that are upsetting to people and parents or other observers don't know how to talk to them about it. They, they know that it's upsetting. They see it every day. They don't know a healthy way to carry on the conversation. So that behavior just picks and picks and picks and picks and picks until eventually it just unravels. And once it unravels, it's very, very, very hard to put it back together, right? So, so having the ability to recognize that conflicts are rising and manage it right away is a really helpful tool. And it's a really strong piece of what Empower Plus Plus provides. That uh, Barry, that was a great answer. Um, and for anyone wondering, all of these courses are available uh, online on the Locker, which is the NCCP's uh, database for all of your coaching courses information. Uh, so if you're looking to see when your next uh, make ethical decisions or managing conflict or Empower Plus is being offered near you, you can go on to thelocker.ca and uh, and check out the calendar. Uh, Barry, that was absolutely awesome. Um, I always love getting to have these chats with you and either whether it's in front of a microphone or just in front of a coffee, it's it's always great. want to do a, a thanks and a shout out to CJPN for letting us record in their studio again. It's feel very luxurious sitting in a big fancy chair with a big fancy microphone and big soundboard in front of me. It's very cool. Barry, any final words before we, I do a very uh, informal outro. A very informal outro. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so no, thank you very much for having me. Really cool. And I hope that uh, I hope the coaches can take the time to to a listen to these podcasts, but b go out and explore some of the coaching education that's out there. Go out and see if you can find a couple of things that really uh, get you interested and exciting. I know that my path in coaching has been really richly enhanced through all of the 
kind of professional development work I've done. Some of it's been in formal uh, NCCP courses that, that, as Ashley has kind of already mentioned. But so much of it also just comes from having conversations with other people over a coffee uh, or other beverage of choice uh, <laughs> as well. I think you always gain a lot from going and watching other coaches work and just seeing what they do and how they handle things and interact. So just keep keep the adventure going and keep uh, keep trying to try to find uh, find the keys. I know I I still am. <laughs> keep the adventure going. I absolutely absolutely love that. Um, you're listening to the Coach's Plan podcast, Plan to Coach with Coach New Brunswick. Uh, please give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening to. It really helps us in the algorithm for other listeners to come in and find us. And uh, then you can even grow your, your network of coaches, educated coaches even more. And you guys can all be nerds together and talk about the podcast in your free time because I know that's what you guys all want to talk about in your free time. Also, please subscribe to us on iTunes and Spotify. Uh, and you can also find us on the Coach NB website www.coachnb.ca. That's it for us today. Get to practice and we'll see you in two weeks.